Hello and welcome to Simply Balanced, the podcast where we dive into, well, all things balanced. I'm your host, Taylor Grosso, a registered dietitian with a passion to helping you find your unique balance girl aesthetic in this often hectic world. Each episode will explore different facets of living a balanced life, whether it's unraveling the latest nutrition trends, discovering mindful eating strategies, or discussing tips for a balanced lifestyle that fits your routine. Balance isn't about perfection, it's about making choices that feel right for you, nurturing your body and mind and enjoying life's simple pleasures. So whether you're sipping your morning coffee, heading out for a walk, or winding down for the evening, I'm thrilled to have you join me. So let's dive in and talk well, all things balance. Hello besties and welcome back to another episode of Simply Balanced. This week is my first time having a guest on the episode so I am super pumped and you guys all know and all love him if you follow me on TikTok. I hope you love me. Zachary and Zach and I are going to talk a little bit about we're going to do just a brief intro on our relationship and how we ended up getting together. We're going to talk about both of our journeys with sober curiosity and how that really came to be. We're also going to talk a little bit about gardening or weed because we can actually say that word now that we're podcasting (laughs) cannot say that on TikTok you will get banned so if you have never heard that terminology before there's a lot of people on TikTok who call smoking weed gardening so we're going to be talking a little bit about that and how we kind of got into that and then we're also going to be talking a little bit about what it's like to run a business together as a married couple so let's dive right on in okay hello Zachary welcome to Simply Balanced Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for making room in your busy schedule. Oh, you're welcome. I can always make room for you, dear. Thank you. I love you. (laughs) I love you, too. Okay. uh, Like I said, you guys all probably know and love Zach. He makes appearances on my TikTok all the time. But Zach and I have been together for six years in June. So we're coming up on that six year. That's our dating anniversary. Our married anniversary is October 1st. And we're going to be going on two years this upcoming October, which is absolutely insane i feel like we just got engaged but nope got engaged like almost well the two and a half ish years ago i know almost three years ago it's Mm -hmm. absolutely insane because 2021 anybody else who's been like a millennial during the pandemic like you went into the workforce starting in 2019 or 2020 i just like can't wrap my mind around the fact that like 2018 was six years ago that doesn't compute in my brain like that doesn't feel right earlier today 2012 was 12 years ago I'm so old I think (laughs) I saw I think I saw a picture the other day on Instagram that high school musical came out like 18 years ago and that absolutely terrifies me like that makes me feel so so old 2006 ish or whatever oh we're old you guys if you're a millennial like well anyway going back to our relationship um you, would you like me to tell the story of how we met and how we got to the point where we're at now? You want to tell it or you want me to tell it? Um, I think I'll tell it. Okay. I'll let you tell it. And then you can chime in with any um, notes or corrections as you like. Okay. Go for it. Um, so we met back in middle school. Um, Taylor transferred to my middle school in what, sixth grade? Yeah, sixth grade. I didn't really know you until seventh grade when we got put in the same Shakespeare group zach and i were both in advanced reading so we're both very well educated and since then my reading has only gone downhill (laughs) um we were in the same group and i definitely like found you attractive 
back then and like even you found my um when i used to wear eyeliner like all the way down to here when i was attractive when i used to have bangs and comb my hair down (laughs) that i've i've gotta i wonder i gotta figure out how to do this you can make like show notes i wonder if i can find there's a middle school picture of me you and colton ruprecht yeah and you've got the bangs down Mm -hmm. to here and i've got the like poof going on in the front with the eyeliner i gotta try to find that i'll put it in the show notes if i can find it and if not i'll share it on my story um but anyway so we met doing that and i definitely had a bit of a crush on you and obviously we just got along really well so i was like oh she's fun to talk to but i also had like this other girl that i really liked who's you'll tell that side of the story um (laughs) who i like had liked for a lot longer of a time i guess but then you came into the picture I vividly remember going to a high school basketball game and I sat by both of you guys Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, cool. It's like Hannah Montana, best of both worlds kind of thing. (laughs) And I I remember my dad was at that game and he was like, oh, who's that like brunette girl that you were sitting by? And I was like, oh, that's Taylor. He's like, oh, yeah, she's cute. He told this story at a rehearsal dinner too. Like Fred remembers this story as well. Yeah, he did. He did. Um and i was like yeah she is pretty cute but then ultimately at the end of the day i got friend zone i ended up friend zoning my future wife for another girl who i think i eventually dated for two weeks <laughs> but she's happily married now to actually another zach so like it all worked out if she listens to this podcast i'm gonna die laughing and you know who you are so shout out to you <laughs> um <laughs> anyway so that was middle school so like can seven- i tell the middle school dance story though quick sure yes yeah, hop in because so the other thing of like when i knew i was friend zoned by zach was in middle school so we went to catholic middle school and we had middle school dances i feel like we had those actually like kind of frequently it was once a month was it once a month mm-hmm. Yeah, so we had middle school dances pretty frequently. And that was was like a big deal. I was going to say, it was a really big deal because they only played like, what, two or three slow songs the whole night. And so that's when you like knew who was talking to who in middle school was like during that middle school dance period. And so I knew that like Zach was questioning me or this other girl. And so I was like, well, this is going to be the determining factor. Like, is he going to dance with me or is he going to dance with her? He did not dance with me. He danced with her. So that was the moment that I knew that I was friend zoned, but I played it cool and I just stuck it out in the friend zone and look at where I ended up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So anyway, going back to middle school, like honestly, after that, I we did friend zone. Like we honestly became like best friends though. No, yeah, we did. Um, Which actually was nice. And then like um, through middle school, we were best friends and then high school, we were still best friends and like before we started dating people in high school i remember the night that taylor like asked me to come over and watch a movie with her we watched crazy stupid love on her couch i was terrified of her dad (laughs) me and me and her dad are homies now so it's cool um but i like at that point in my life was so naive this was freshman year of high school so naive and i was like oh she just wants to hang out yeah no and i was like and like i was like oh if i ever called that wrong also, Zach left my house that night, and my mom said, you're going to marry him someday, and I just laughed at her because Zach had friend-zoned me so hard, so hard. at that point. I was also, like, your, mom, no your mom gave me a ride home. Yeah, she did. My mom dropped My mom dropped me off. If your mom can pick me up and drive <laughs> me home. That's what happened. Yep. Um, anyway, so we started dating other people in high school. Um, they did not like us being friends. No, and rightfully so. Um, but we made like this almost like little, um, sex pact in high school. <laughs> oh, we're going to tell this. Yeah. Mom, um, stop listening. Um, but 
that never happened because our significant others kind of. Yes, it did. We made one for college. No, I was saying we were thinking about breaking up with our significant others and like doing the dirty. (laughs) Zach, you're airing our dirty laundry out on the pod. It doesn't matter. Um, Also, we outside of like that high school pact, when we were in middle school, we made a pact to get married at 30 if both of us were single. Yeah, so we so had multiple packs. There like, there are packs, there are multiple signs of like this was going to happen eventually. Yeah. There um, was a con- there was a there definite just, connection. There were just other people that got in the way throughout the years and especially in high school. Um I think towards after freshman year we kind of drifted apart mm-hmm. um just because of the situations that we were in. And but like I would still always text Taylor on her birthday, like tell her happy birthday and like I went to her grad party. She came to my grad party. Like, we were both on each other's grad party bulletin boards. Um, so, like, we definitely still, like, had a very high, like, regard for each other. Yeah. Um, I didn't, like, ever talk to you in college probably until, like, junior year. I ran into you drunkenly at, like, this big party at Iowa State, which is mm-hmm. where Taylor went. Um, or it was a football game, actually. Yeah. I, think we were I was talking to someone else at the yeah, time, yeah, yeah. though. Yeah, we were tailgating, and, like, I ran into you, and I was like, oh, my God, like, she was my best friend back in the day. This is so cool. Like, I'm hammered. She's hammered. Like, what the what the fudge is up, you know? Yeah. And so, like, we just, like, briefly talked, and I didn't really think anything of it. Um, but I think later later that, that junior year of college, she ended up being single. She knew a couple – or she was friends with a couple of the girls that I was always around in Iowa City at the University of Iowa – and, like, she just basically messaged me on Snapchat one day and was like, oh, hey, I know them. Like, that's so cool that you hang out with them. Zach like, was also hammered when I Snapchat messaged him. Yeah. But <laughs> she's like, uh, I know them. I, I'm i friends with them. That's cool that you hang out with them. Like, we should, like, reconnect sometime or, like, text me sometime, basically. Yeah. And so that was, like, on a Thursday or Friday night. And I remember Sunday night I was just, like – Having a little bit of Sunday scaries and, like, kind of lonely at, like, 11 or 12 at night. Like, you know how it is in college. Um, And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to text her and see what happens. So I shot her a text and to, like, reconnect, and we have not stopped texting since then. And that text was, hey, Tay, it's Zach. I don't know if you still have my number. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so we talked for for a few months. Um, She came and visited me. And I was city multiple times. And I at that point in my life, I was like, uh, I don't really know if I want a girlfriend. Um, but that changed pretty quickly after we started like hanging out a bunch. And a few months later, I asked her out. And then the rest is history. Yeah. And I also want to preface by saying, like, Zach texted me on that Sunday night. And we didn't turn flirty for probably like a month. I feel like we were just Disagree. like text. It took a while for it to turn flirty. Disagree. And I was the one who initiated the flirtiness. Yeah, you did, but I did. disagree on how long it took. Really? Yeah. I feel like it took a long time. No. Okay, if you say so. And then, yeah, after about, like, after I had visited Zach twice in Iowa City, I was kind of like, okay, so, like, what's going on here? Because I had previously gotten out of a relationship where, like, there was no commitment. And so I was like, what's the dealio here? Like, I'm ready to settle down, basically, at this point. And Zach's like, oh, I don't know. I don't really know if I want a girlfriend, like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like. Okay, so this was in June. So, like, we had just both gotten home from, like, Iowa City and Ames. So, like, we were – it was distance, but it wasn't that far. And so, in my head, I was like, if this kid doesn't ask me to be his girlfriend by the end of summer, 
like once we go our respective ways back to Iowa City and Ames, I'm not like playing that game. Like I'm not doing the distance thing and not doing the distance thing if we're not dating. Like I'm not going to make that effort because I've done that and it didn't work out in my favor. So like I'm not going down that road again. But it took three weeks for Zach to ask me to be his girlfriend. So he did have to have liquid courage to ask me to be his girlfriend too. Yeah. <laughs> no comment. He was drunk in a high V parking lot. <laughs> Ivy sushi <laughs> and asked me to be his girlfriend yeah so, so that's the story of how we got together yeah and then we dated for four four years no three 20, years three and a half before we got engaged that? 2018 to 2021 yeah about yeah. three a little over three years yeah we got engaged in October of 2021 got married in October of 2022 and then obviously still together so yep so that's our story yep what that's else what else are we talking about today what else we're talking about today is our journeys with sober curiosity because I get a lot of questions on this, like why we decided to go sober curious, what like our initial journeys with that were. And I feel like maybe I can kind of start because I feel like yours goes into something that happened more recently for you at least. Yeah, there's a little bit more of a backstory, but yeah, if you want to start. Yeah, there's a little bit more of a backstory, but I, I want to give you that opportunity to share that. Oh, I just um, got the notes notification that it updated. Oh, <laughs> and uh, so just so people know, because I feel like when I also post this term on social media, sometimes people are like, what the hell does that mean? So sober curious just basically means that you're exploring your relationship with alcohol. And like, I wouldn't say that I... And I don't even think you really necessarily like everybody gets hammered in college and like both of us did our fair share of getting hammered in college, especially me Zach's senior more year. more so, yeah. Zach, Zach more so than me, but especially our – Zach graduated early. So like football season of both of our senior years, but like Zach was graduating in December. I mean, it was nonstop Thursday through Sunday. Gotta every, go out with a bang. It was awful. I don't know how my body and liver survived that time in my life, but – Outside of that, I feel like once we got out of college, Zach and I both were like, especially once we moved in together, we had just kind of started to like settle down a little bit. Neither of us really wanted to go like party all of the time, but I feel like a lot of our friends that we were really close with still did. And so we felt a lot of that like social pressure to continue going out. And then COVID happened. So that kind of like put a little pause on it. But I still feel like people were drinking like at their houses or at their apartments. And that was the first time a lot of our friends really had their own places. So I feel like we started like going to people's houses and drinking and different things like that on the weekends. But one thing that really started to resonate with both of us was that at that time we were both working nine to five corporate America and still am. I am. Zach is. I'm not anymore. But at it's like you start to recognize that once you're out of college, like you don't get three days to recover from a hangover. It's like you get, you know, 48 hours to yourself on the weekend. And I was starting to get to the point where like, do I really want to spend the only 48 hours that I really have to myself, like laid up in bed with a hangover feeling like garbage. And then we moved to Denver at the end of 2020, going into 2021 and I think that was like a really big shift for us because we knew no one moving to Denver. And I will say this all the time. That was the best decision we ever made. I'm so glad that we did that. I will echo that statement. As I say, Zach can elaborate on that from his perspective as well. But I think that we just started to meet so many different people with so many different perspectives on the world, on alcohol, on, you know, weed, on all of these different things. And obviously, like weed is legal in Colorado, too. 
And Zach smoked prior to us moving to Colorado. Like he was a lot more familiar with it. It was something that I was very scared of and had a very big, I'd say stigma around. Um, And I have like reasons for that. I don't need to dive into those on the pod. But like I had reasons for having a stigma around them. And I had never been exposed to it in a positive way, I guess, is kind of my my thing about it. And as we started to talk to more people in Colorado who do it more frequently, I was like, this seems like something that I might actually like a lot more than drinking because once we moved, it was just like we just weren't really going out anymore. Like both of us were still getting drinks every now and then when we would go out to dinner or to bars and stuff like that. But we weren't really getting drunk and it wasn't really something that like we wanted to do either. And so I started dabbling with edibles a little bit, probably like six months to like nine months after we started living because I definitely didn't do it when we first moved there. Um, And people ask me all the time. I get this question a lot on TikTok, but I can't really share it like I want to because I might get in trouble and get banned and I don't want to do that. But I started taking like THC and CBD edibles one to one ratio, which means it's the same amount of milligrams of THC as it is CBD. And the reason that I like that is because how THC and CBD actually work is they ignite these things in your body called cannabinoids, um, which can help to just relax your nervous system. Cannabinoids. Cannabinoids. Did I say it wrong? I did. I, to be honest, I don't know, but to me, I've always said cannabinoids. Oh well, we're probably both saying it wrong. <laughs> so just let us know how you say middle. it correctly. Yeah. But it ignites those in your in your body, and so the thing about THC is it can cause that psychoactive effect in your brain. And so I had smoked or taken edibles a couple times where I did have negative experiences. Like I don't want to say that you're going to have a positive experience every single time you do it, but I think it's a matter of finding out what works well for you. And so when I tried out the CBD and THC, I noticed that like I just felt very relaxed and didn't get that psychoactive head high, which is what I was trying to avoid. And so I just felt a lot better doing doing that. And I started to do it a couple times a week just to kind of take the edge off, you know, after a long day of work or whatever it was, because I was still working corporate when I lived in Colorado, too. And I was starting to do TikTok on the side as well. But I think the biggest thing for me with this whole alcohol journey has just been that. And I've said this multiple times on like different podcasts and different TikToks and stuff, but there were two really big things that shifted my perspective on it. Number one was this influencer who I love. Her name's Cameron Rogers. And I listened to her episode on going sober. And she was like, every time I was around people who weren't drinking, I was jealous that they weren't drinking. But I have the conscious choice to choose not to drink. And that really resonated with me because I felt the same way. Every time I was around people who weren't drinking, I was like, I really don't want to be drinking right now. But I'm drinking because of societal pressure, because I want to loosen up or because I want to have fun or like, whatever it is. But the reality is I can do all of those things without alcohol. It just took me a while to realize that I didn't need it in order to have fun in different settings and different scenarios. Well, it's scary the first time you like actually make the choice to not drink at a social function where there's just a bunch of people drinking alcohol. No, a hundred percent. It's a very scary thing. And like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it either. Like once you get to that point in the night where everybody's fucking hammered, it's kind of annoying. Like I love all of you hammered people in my life, but like sometimes when you're sober and like it gets to one or two a.m. and everybody's like belligerent. I've had Taylor come down to the basement. Well, none of my friends were belligerent, but I've had Taylor get to the come down to our basement at twelve o'clock, exactly on the dot at midnight, and come. It's past my bedtime. I'm tired. Everybody out. <laughs> 
hey, it's my house. I can do what I want. Yeah. So Rias and Dom, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm we sorry. Love you guys. They were literally drinking a four loco in my basement at 27 years old. And I'm genuinely concerned about that still. That's freaking baller. I've move. also never had a four loco. So that's something we need to unpack. I'm not doing that. No fucking way. Okay. How many, like, once we hit a certain amount of listeners on your um, podcast, like, let's say. No, because I would be hungover and throw up. Like, it would not be good. Okay, if I'll you guys want to see, if you guys want to see Taylor drink like half a four loco, like let us know. We'll make it happen. <laughs> It'd be a lot of fun. As I literally say, I'm going sober this year. So it that would be really a lot up. of fun. Zach likes when I get a little tipsy because I I do tend to loosen up a little bit, but I feel like I do that with weed now too. Yeah. Um. Just a different kind of loosening up. Just a different kind of yeah. loosening up. But all of that to kind of say i think it's very intimidating yeah the first time um that you decide to go to a social gathering where you're choosing not to drink and everybody else is drinking and that's why you know but that cameron rogers like quote really did resonate with me and then the second biggest thing for me was that i felt like i always i almost always regretted drinking like the next day but i never regretted not drinking like there was never a time where I was like, oh, I would have had more fun if I was drunk. Um, and I think too, a big perspective shift when we got to Colorado as well as recognizing that like it also kind of depends on like who you're around and who you're spending time with and those different types of things too. Because I think that like if you can have genuinely fun times and easy conversations with people, you don't necessarily need alcohol to like loosen the vibe and make it easier and so I think we met so many people who have similar like thought processes and mindsets to us when we moved there. And so it just felt like really easy to hang out with a lot of people. And I also too just think like the Midwest is kind of boring. Like um, it's not That's a bad place to grow up. Strictly your opinion. That's though. strictly my opinion. I think it's a little bit boring. There's not as much to do. So I think that a lot of people drink because there's not as much to do. Like especially in the winter. Well, yeah, but you're also we're talking about the Des Moines area, Midwest, you, you're also including Kansas City, Chicago, Minneapolis, where there is a lot more stuff to do. Yeah, that's true. I guess I'm specifically talking about Des Moines. Yeah. There's just not as much to do. And so I feel like a lot of people are just And like, don't get me wrong. I love Des Moines, but we're, we're talking Taylor's opinion. Okay, I didn't say I didn't love Des Moines, but do what I... What did you say last night? Do I love Denver more? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, continue. Um, But I just think all of that to say, like... I just started to realize it just wasn't really serving a purpose in my life in any way, shape, or form. And it wasn't really something I wanted in my life anymore either. And so sober curious, I think for me, instead of just like, why don't you just go sober? I think a lot of it has to do with my history with orthorexia as well. Like orthorexia is a very obsession-based behavior. And I never wanted alcohol or sobriety or sober curiosity to turn into something like that. I wanted to still have the freedom to make that choice if I want to have it. Like if I want a drink, I can have one. It's just that like I'm not removing that access or creating that restriction around it. It's more so that like I'm making that conscious choice every single time of like, do I really want to do this? Like, do I really want to drink? And so I think that's kind of like my story was over curiosity and I'll pass it off to Zach to tell his a little bit too and then 
we're, I want to dive into gardening like a little bit further. So like don't go into too much detail on it because mm-hmm. I have some like actual questions I, I want to talk say, about. I was kind of confused. I didn't know if you were going from Sober Curious straight into gardening with that story. No, I, I just talked too much, but that's okay. You like to word vomit a little bit. I do. My yep. brain goes in too many directions. Anyone that follows you or listens to you probably knows that. Yeah, exactly. So, But that's okay. We still love Tyler. They're fine with that. And I call her Tyler, by the way. Yeah, it started off as like a sass thing. Like when I was being sassy, he now would call I me Tyler. Ooh. Now he just only calls me I, Tyler. Yeah. So if you guys hear him call me Tyler, like it's out of love. Yes. <laughs> it's out of love. It's like my nickname for her, um, and it's not like meant to. I prefer Tay, but he never calls me Tay anymore. Yeah, it's always Tyler. Like how Travis now. calls Taylor Tay now. Anyway, let's get into my story with. Um, Wait, I have to say something. I also told Zach this morning. What was the context of that? Where I go, I put you on the map. What were we talking about? I have about? no idea. I don't remember the context, but this morning we were talking about There something. was not a lot of context. <laughs> and I go, oh, I'm like, Taylor, I put you on the map. And Zach was just like, okay. Yeah, okay. Anyway, um, so my my journey with – mine's more so sober curiosity, um, which I guess yours is too, but you're trying to also indulge in the full-on sober thing. Yeah, I I really have no interest in drinking at this point anymore. New Year's Eve was not a good so night for me. Um, my journey with sober curiosity, I would say, started kind of honestly towards the end of college, but more so like that first year post grad, um, when it's like, yeah, you you are working a job and you only have a finite amount of time on the weekends to do what you want and get done what you need to do um i noticed kind of that like i said first year postgrad you know everyone still wanted to go out and like say hey what are we doing this weekend where are we going what bar are we going to like friday and saturday like Mm -hmm. let's keep drinking yeah um and lots of happy hours all that kind of stuff which when you work in like the corporate arena too is very common yeah um and i just got to the point where i found myself like looking at my calendar and being like okay in a couple of weeks, we don't have any plans. Like none of my friends want to go out and drink. Like that's going to be nice to yeah. just have a chance to relax and like recover a little bit. Um, I think another thing that was big for me too was just like, you know, with a dietitian as a wife and listening to certain podcasts and reading information surrounding alcohol that like my goals much more pertain to like um, my health and nutrition and like physique, like based in the gym and like I think mental too yeah for sure mental but I, I don't know if that was necessarily a priority for me at that time but like I knew how it was affecting my workouts and like my nutrition and honestly your sleep too just how it affects oh my god everything. everybody like thinks that it helps you sleep and it might help you fall asleep but your quality of sleep it's so your, bad if your you have an, terrible if you have an aura ring the nights that I drink, I kid you not, my like readiness and sleep scores are in the fifties. Yeah, so that a lot of that really woke me up, and then also reading about how much longer it takes your body to recover, even if you have like one or two drinks on the weekend, mm-hmm. just like throughout the weekend. For me, honestly, as silly as it might sound, it's like if I have a drink on a weekend, I can feel it in my workouts the next week. Yeah, and it's. Well, I mean, it and affects- that's and that's just me. It affects your muscle protein synthesis right. so much, right. which is the buildup of your muscle tissue, just so you know. So, like, if you work out in the morning and then you go drink, like, it almost negates the workout in a way. And some people genetically are blessed and built a little different. 
Yeah, I'm not saying aesthetics wise. No, no, I'm I saying know, like no. purely physiologically yep, how yep. it affects your muscle growth and yep. development. Like you're gonna be more sore, your muscle because when you work out, you create teeny tiny tears in your muscle tissue. And in order for that muscle to repair and grow, it has to use protein, which breaks down into amino acids, and then it builds that protein tissue back up. And that's how it repairs, that's how it grows, and then I can't say that word. Hypertrophy. 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 Um, That's the first time you've attempted it correctly the first time. I know. I always say hypertrophy, which is so wrong. But that's how it actually happens. But your body, when you drink alcohol, prioritizes the metabolism of alcohol. So it doesn't prioritize all of these other functions when it comes to macronutrients like protein, carbohydrates, all of those different types of things. So that's why like if you are someone who exercises consistently and notice that your exercise is impacted or your soreness or all of those types of things, that's why. Yeah. So I, again, that's a, that was a big like thing for me. It was just like understanding how it affected like my workouts and my like physical health and nutrition, which is something I more so was interested in post college, um, and tried to focus on more. And it just, it interested me more than drinking. Um, so kind of like what Taylor was saying though, like once, once we did get our own place, I noticed that we were like able to start saying no to like going out sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing, the biggest hurdle for like, I mean, probably both of us is like, we are both kind of like people pleasers in some ways. And it's like, well, you don't want to tell your friends no, because then, well, what if they like start not inviting me to stuff? Or then what if they think that we don't want to hang out with them? And all these different thoughts, but it's like really you're just kind of setting boundaries for what you want. It's your life. You got to live it. Yeah. Um, which is something we slowly figured out, but we have figured out to this point. Um, but then again, like Taylor was saying, we, we did move to Denver. Um, I would have drinks occasionally, um, probably one or two with like, we'd always go out to a restaurant every weekend for dinner, one of the nights. And I'd have like a different beer I'd want to try, which I still enjoy doing every once in a while. Um, or, or a cocktail or something, but we just weren't consistently around individuals or situations where it's like, Hey, let's go out and party. Let's go out and drink. Yeah. And that was really nice for us. And it kind of allowed us to take a step back and be like, Oh, that's not what we want to do mm-hmm. at all anyway. Um, so that was nice in, um, like Taylor said, I, I much more prefer to garden anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that might be a good. Oh well, I guess I'll touch on I guess another key point of my sober I was curiosity. Say, are I didn't you even talk get about to it. Type one diabetes. I didn't even get to it. Um. So yeah, I found out I was a type one diabetic. Um. Last June. So that can you can you tell or I can tell depending on how comfortable you feel describing this because I feel like people get type one and type two diabetes okay. mixed up. Yeah, I mean not that it's too integral to the story to the story. No, but, but like, I think it's just a good like thing to share. I'll let you explain it because you scientifically explain it better than I do. So there are two different types of diabetes. The most common one is type 2 diabetes, which comes from like health and lifestyle choices. So it's reversible. You can shift your A1C and your blood sugar levels by exercising more or focusing on nutrient density in your diet if you're someone who's diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. Type 1 diabetes is an autoimmune disease. So Zach's pancreas, which is the part organ, not part of your body, but the organ that emits insulin, which helps to capture glucose or carbohydrates, put it where it needs to go within your cells, his pancreas basically just sputtered out and stopped working. So now his body is reliant on insulin in order for him to 
metabolize, not digest, but metabolize his food um, and actually utilize the glucose that's in his bloodstream. So that's that's kind of the differentiating factor between the two. But you found out in June. Found out in June. I was a type 1 diabetic. And um, I think also another thing to touch on um, as far as sober curiosity goes is like, I think you want to have a plan around sober curiosity, which has really worked well for me, where it's like, because if you don't have a plan, you can get into any situation. Someone asks you to drink, you're you're more than likely going to yeah, feel the pressure to do it. Um, it really helped me have boundaries and set a plan around sober curiosity when I when I decided to say, okay, hey, these are the t- the typical and specific occasions I'm going to drink at. So for me, but this was before I had type one diabetes. I would only drink at bachelor parties, weddings, or specifically Iowa football games. And that was 90% of the time I would drink. Maybe there's another 10% of the time where there'd be these one-off occasions. I'd be like, yeah, I'll have a, a couple of beverages. But I think most importantly, if you are looking into going sober curious or something like that, have a plan around it. That way you can set your boundaries and people know why you're not drinking because I th- feel, at least in my experience, that people are more accepting in that kind of instance. Yeah. Um, but yes, got diagnosed with type 1 diabetes in June, so that completely changed the way I approach alcohol. I barely drink anymore. I will drink at weddings. I'll have a few at bachelor parties still. Um, I had a couple drinks at an Iowa football game this year, but like we're talking the max I have is maybe four or five beverages. And that's because alcohol drops his blood sugar. It, alcohol drops my blood sugar, and it's just hard to manage, so like I just don't even want to bother with it. Um, and like... When I'm talking, I have like four or five beverages that's probably spread out over the course of like four hours. Um, so that's another thing for me is like I just – I can't be pounding them. I'm like slowly enjoying them and drinking them. Um, he basically can't get like drunk or hammered anymore. It's more so just I, like tipsy. I could, but like it's – I'm not even going to play that game. It's risky to yeah. do so. Um, but I am interested in talking to certain type 1 diabetics that have found a balance with like drinking because like we know of a certain individual that has kind of figured that out. Um, but I'm just curious, not that I want to do it. Um, but anyway, that's kind of my journey with sober curiosity and it's obviously changed very recently as well. Um, so yeah, I guess we can probably start talking about gardening and, and, uh, what we really enjoy doing. Yeah. So yeah, I mentioned that like I kind of got into gardening in Colorado and Zach had already done it previously. I will say that my preferred form of gardening is garden gummies. So edibles, I like the brand Wana or Wild. If you have access to a legit dispensary, those are by far my favorite too. If all you have access to is a Delta 9, which is basically THC, but it's one molecule off. So it's still going to give you a lot of the same effects. It's just not the same exact thing. So that's pretty much, I would say you can find Delta 9 in pretty much any state at this point. Well, you can find it online. You can find it online. You can find it all over the place. Um, But... When you have access to a true dispensary, so like when we lived in Colorado, Wana and Wild, Wild being my top pick for sure, was by far my favorite. I always did one-to-one, five milligrams, very low. And I would say that's a big thing when it comes to gardening is that taking it low and slow is don't make the mistake that I made the first time I took an edible, which was I took half of one. And an hour later, I was like, oh, I don't feel it. Took the other half. Not good. Not good. Yeah, don't get too ambitious. No, don't get too ambitious. Don't start with too high of a milligram, which that's actually a listener question, so we won't dive too much deeper into yeah, that. Yeah, we'll, we'll revisit that. 
I think that uh, another thing that a lot of people don't know is there's like different strains of THC. So there's sativa and then there's indica. So sativa and is hybrid gonna, and hybrid. So sativa is going to be more of like a head high. Um, some people say it makes them more like cerebral cerebral focused it's more so given me a lot of anxiety when i've tried it I think there are a lot of people that don't like sativa for that reason i think that sativa can either get you really into your head in a positive way or really into your head in a negative way yeah we're indica people we're indica or hybrid people um hybrid is a mixture of sativa and indica which actually i works well for me i don't mind hybrid it just i don't like to smoke at all um i just don't like the inhalation on my lungs i've listened to andrew huberman's podcast on weed because i want to feel very educated on it and understand like what i'm putting also into my body. shout out huberman great resource if you're ever looking for different substances to like do some research on but yeah i mean just listening to his podcast and how damaging it is to your lung cells to- <laughs> not to keep keep interrupting go listen to his on alcohol and that will really change your perspective that on shifted it. my perspective so much so when, when we're to that we're talking about the research and, and the information surrounding it that really also yeah. changed my outlook on it anyway yeah. back to gardening yeah, it, I think he does also a very great job of being objective when he talks yes. about substances yes. too. Like yep. he will give you the positive and negatives of like he'll tell you the negatives around weed too. Like yeah. there's no, we're not coming on here saying that like there's nothing wrong. With there's it. nothing wrong with weed because there definitely is things wrong with weed too. But it's like it's just like anything in life. But then you hear alcohol and it's like there's not one singular benefit benefit to alcohol versus weed can have some benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. Back to like the different types. So then there's the hybrid, which is the two mixed together. Then there's indica, which you might hear as like indica couch, which it definitely does relax you. It makes you a little bit sleepy. But I've said this to Zach before. It's like if I take indica and then I am indica couch, like I'm sitting on the couch, that's when I get like really sleepy and really tired. But if I'm like up and moving with indica, like I'm okay. So yeah, to kind of tell my side of the story with indica is like, I actually very much enjoy working out like if I which is so weird like (laughs) but that's kind of what you're saying is like yes if I put myself in a position where I can be lazy I'm not going to do anything yeah but if I put myself in a situation where I need to do something like cleaning love cleaning Zach loves gardening and cleaning yeah I actually like enjoy doing it um and then running is also another big one for me I it makes running much more enjoyable um working out um Honestly, just little like tasks around the house and that kind of stuff, like playing video games. Um, yeah, it makes those things kind of like a little more like it adds another like um, kind of like layer to it. I like two things more when I'm high. Food. food. I'm not going to say the second one on the pod. I, <laughs> I'm telling you guys, I think we should say it because if you haven't done it, you are just missing well, out let's let's do this it makes intimacy yes there you go incredible we'll put it that way and mom stop listening <laughs> again it like especially compared to drunk intimacy oh my god drunk intimacy night and day so bad. night and day so bad night and day <laughs> like one's the devil and one's god basically if you've never if you've never tried it for that reason dude highly it recommend is mind-blowing yeah it's pretty cool it's pretty crazy and food does taste better and i will say like i just want to touch on that part Mm. a little bit being a dietitian and someone who struggled with an eating disorder because i get that question a lot with like the munchies yeah um 
I think a big thing for me because and I actually wanted to touch on this too but I don't want to talk for like way too long but I think for me alcohol it's your cast we can your podcast we can talk as long as we want um I think alcohol for me specifically became something of almost an outlet, especially when you and I first started dating, because that was kind of the first time I was really exploring a healthy relationship with food because I was also in Mm. like a healthy relationship as well. And I turned to alcohol to lower my inhibitions and eat. Um, And because I had so many restrictions and rules around food and what I was allowed to have, and I was definitely under consuming and under eating, That then when I drank alcohol, my brain, because like I said, those inhibitions were lowered, I gave myself that permission to eat foods that I often wouldn't eat. So like pizza, I mean, we ate so so much much pizza. We ate so much. Uh, Sorry. Shout out, shout out Falbo's in Iowa City. I shouldn't say junk. That's not a good way to put it. We ate a lot of very non-nutrient dense foods. And I say it in that way because I wasn't really taking care of my body in any way, shape, or form because I was under-eating nutrient-dense foods, I was over-exercising, and then I was compensating with alcohol and then eating. And I think that's another really big part of my sober curiosity journey as well is once I made that connection that it was such kind of a binge trigger, quote-unquote, that wasn't a healthy relationship for me either. So like being able to understand that in myself was also something that was huge for me versus when I garden – I'm coherent. Like, I think people who have never gardened before, you you don't know the sensation, which like... Well, and to feed into that, like, I love your love your mother. I love my mother-in-law. Shout out, Angie. You're a hell of an individual. And I mean that in the nicest way possible. But to the point about perception is like, we grew up, our parents grew up in the propaganda of all these negative things about weed yeah. that just simply weren't true. 100%. And so there, the perception thing come, comes back to just the misinformation yeah. that's just been spread about the actual um, drug. Um, and I, I mean, that's what it is. It is a drug. Yeah. But people also don't realize alcohol is a drug. Yeah. Um, but I think people have a hard time understanding that like, there's all these stereotypes like, oh, you get the munchies, you get lazy, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, if you're going to be that way no matter what, weed is going to not enhance that or change your personality. Like, if Alcohol you're going to be. can literally change your personality. If you're going to be lazy and eat a bag of potato chips on the couch, you're going to do that with or without weed no matter what. Yeah. Like, that's just who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. Like, there are lazy individuals. There are lazy individuals that smoke weed. They're productive individuals. They're productive individuals that smoke weed. That's just how it is. So I think it just gets a bad rap and a misperception sometimes just because of the misinformation stereotypes that we've all grown up with. Yeah, 100%. And I think for for me, when I say that I'm coherent when I smoke, like you're – it's really hard to describe if you've never experienced it. It's just like a sense of euphoria. Like you just feel like lighter. And like for me specifically, I have, I got diagnosed with ADHD this year, which I'm going to do a whole pod episode on that because I think it's really important to talk about. But my brain goes a hundred miles an hour all the damn time. And it's, you can ask Zach this, it's fucking hard for me to just sit. Hmm. I can't sit and just like watch a movie, watch a show, wind down, enjoy myself. You guys, I don't think we've ever finished a whole movie as a couple. It took us four nights to watch Benjamin Button. <laughs> um, 
so like for me weed just quiets that like it quiets my brain it calms me down it allows me to just like relax and actually like spend time I think too with Zach where like I don't feel that sense of I need to be doing something all the time um it, it actually like I mean it will I will say like it decreases my productivity but like I need that like I need my productivity to be decreased sometimes and that's also the strain and the purpose that I'm taking it for I think a big thing with weed versus alcohol is because alcohol lowers your inhibitions and weed doesn't if you go into taking weed with a mindset of like what you want out of the experience I think that makes a big difference too like when I first started and I did have a lot of those like more anxiety induced, they're not trips, but like anxiety induced sessions, I guess you could say. Oh yeah. We would call them sesh. Session. Yeah. A weed sesh. You want a sesh? Yeah. That's what we do in college. Um, when I would do that in the beginning, I think because I was so nervous about weed and I didn't understand it, I went into it with that anxious mindset. How am I going to feel? Sir, How like I mean, same thing with alcohol. You need to have the right mindset. If you go in as an ass grumpy asshole and drink a bunch, you're just going to get rage filled and do some stupid shit. Yeah, I don't disagree, but I also like you are not like a rage person. And the only time I've ever seen you angry, not with me, by the way, guys. Well, he was angry about me because someone hit me with a beer bottle, and then he wanted to go stomp on their faces because I had to go get eighteen stitches. But that's like the only time I've ever seen you angry. Yeah, well, that's what I was telling you the other day. The only time I've ever gotten close to being in fights is with alcohol. Exactly. And so like what I'm saying about, I don't, I think there's a certain point with alcohol where you can't control yeah, your absolutely. emotions or your absolutely. feelings. Weed, I feel like you can yeah. a little bit more because I you mean, are still coherent. 100%. Yeah. As long as you're not getting baked out of your mind. Yeah. Zach's on that before and it scared the shit out of me. Kind of fun to do every once in a while. No, I've never done that. I don't like it. I It's, it's nice. It's kind of... Honestly, sometimes it's a bit of a reality check because it makes you think about your life. You're like, shit, I need to get this area of my life together a little bit more. <laughs> okay. It can be used as a tool, 100%. Yeah. But I went, we went off on a tangent now. All of this to say, we started with the munchies was where I was going with that. I used alcohol as an outlet to eat. With weed, because I'm more coherent, I'm still able to be mindful. Do I sometimes eat a little bit more when I'm high? Yeah. I do like I'll have a little bit extra dessert or I'll have a little bit of an extra snack but like honestly what's weird about weed is to me the two things that taste the best are sweets and fruit like mm. I like dessert fruit when you're high but is fruit is fire. so good like strawberries bananas pineapples I think it's also like you get dry mouth so like mm. anything that's like juicy yeah, tastes really sure, good sure so it's like what I try to do is still create like a balanced atmosphere around it like so I think not to cut you off finish your thought what I just mean is like I try to create a balanced atmosphere around it as to like I don't feel like I get the munchies necessarily because I'm not restricting myself in any way shape or form I'm eating what tastes good to me and recognizing that like weed is probably impacting my hunger levels and that I'm probably not actually hungry. So once I've satisfied whatever craving I'm having, like usually I'll have a cookie and fruit. Like that's kind of my go-to when, I, when I'm high. And it's like once I have that, I don't really need anything else. And if I do, then I just try to choose something that's more nutrient dense. And that helps because it keeps you more full and satisfied. If you're reaching for things that aren't very nutrient dense, like 
chips or pizza, those things aren't bad, but they aren't going to fulfill you and they aren't going to get you satisfied. And so I think like creating that balance and mindfulness is so much easier for me when I'm high versus when I'm drunk. 100%. So I think that's where like for me too, when it comes- I've never come home from the bars and be like, oh, let me whip up something healthy. No, it's pizza, chips and salsa. Nutrient dense. It's pizza, like chips and salsa. I fucking love chips when I'm high. Or drunk, sorry. What? Burrito. Burritos. When do you make burritos? No, don't make them. You buy them. Oh, from Abelardo's? Uh, <laughs> Abelardo's in Iowa City specifically. Before it was Estella's, it was the small little jaunt in the building we lived in called Mommy's. And that was before anyone really discovered this place. And oh my God, their burritos are good. If, if you've ever been to Iowa City, live in Iowa City, went to Iowa within the past five, six, seven, eight years, like you know what I'm talking about. Okay, if you say so. But yeah, I think that like, that's a big question that I get, I get asked a lot as someone who struggled with a dis- an eating disorder was like, how now do you kind of navigate that? And I think also like that also comes from me creating a healthy relationship with food. Like there are definitely yeah, still times where I struggle. That doesn't really have anything to do with weed in my opinion. No, but people who have, like I have plenty of followers who have eating disorders and are scared of weed because of that munchies perception like they're just like i'm scared that that's gonna especially if you struggled with binging or overeating that munchies because the way munchies are described or shown in media is like you eat everything in sight and can't stop but i don't feel like it's that way you can you'll be hungry but it's like okay well let's be like what you talk about all the time let's have what i want but add what i need yeah and that's what i'm that's what i'm trying to say like But what I'm trying to say about the difference between weed and alcohol is that with alcohol, because my inhibitions are so lowered and I don't feel like I'm in a good headspace, that's where then I let a lot of that slip. And then I do feel really bad the next morning versus like when I'm smoking or high because I'm still like coherent and I know what's going on, I'm still able to be mindful when I'm drunk, I don't have that mindfulness aspect, at least for yeah. me as a person. Like maybe there are people who can navigate so if that you have, a, If you're mindful coming home from a drunk evening, like kudos to you. Because I could never. No. Never in a million years. Also kudos to you if you're being mindful while you're high. That's also still very impressive. That's me. Yeah. But I feel like I've also just created that environment for myself mm-hmm. because of my... Sure, it, it probably takes a little practice and work. Right? Yeah. You got to work through it. Yeah, 100%. Yep. And I, I think too what I was saying where you were like, this has nothing to do with weed. For someone who has struggled with an eating disorder or binge eating, it I think it does because like you're saying, I think that if I didn't have a positive relationship with food and if I hadn't worked on that before I started smoking, I probably would still use it as an outlet to sure. binge. Sure. So I think you that You got to work on it ahead of time. Yes. Yeah. Like you have to work on it ahead of time and understand triggers mindfulness all of those different types of things if you're someone who's dealt with that zach has the most positive relationship with food anyone has ever had in their entire lives so like he doesn't always understand how my brain works around those things yeah okay do you want me to talk about my journey with gardening oh yeah i thought we already did that <laughs> nope okay no nope. <laughs> anyway um so my my gardening journey, I would say the first time I smoked weed was probably when I was 16 um, on some railroad tracks with some friends. I didn't know how to actually inhale, so I didn't get high. That's um, another thing, too, though. A lot of the times you don't get high the first time. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. First, There's a lot of people the first few times it never happens. And that's I've talked to and heard from many people that are like, 
oh, I've done it like a handful of times and nothing's ever happened. So I don't I just, think I did for the first time until I had tried it like three times. Well, and that's the thing. And people are just like, at that point, they're just like, I don't have any interest in doing it because I've never felt anything from it. So yeah. it's like, mm, fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I started, I did it the first time when I was 16. When I really started to kind of pick up was when I was 18 um, in my senior year of high school, was going through some some shit, um, trying to figure out who who I was post sports basically, and like also my like high school sweetheart quote unquote broken up with me, and like I was just mentally not in a good place. So like I used that as a way to kind of like um, help, I guess, and probably didn't use it in the best way possible. Um, but yeah, throughout college. I much more preferred to do that than go out and drink. Not to say that I didn't love drinking in college because, I mean, that's a big part of the college experience. Zach loved drinking in college. I did love drinking in college, but I still always had a preference to, to the cannabis. Um, and then post-college, my cannabis experience, living at home really with your parents uh, one or two years after school kind of limits your ability to do that. So, like, honestly, like – wasn't doing it a whole bunch like the first two years post-grad just because like I'm obviously not gonna bring weed into my parents house probably and like living in Iowa it's like you don't have access to like edibles really yeah um at that time you didn't yeah um so like once we moved to Colorado like obviously I had access to it and continued to do it um I've more so within the past few years have limited myself to trying to do it four to five times a week as opposed to doing it every night which I was doing um just because of kind of like the humorman podcast like we were talking about and just realizing that I need to also make sure I'm not just smoking but also taking edibles to work on my lungs um I would say I prefer to smoke it just because I love the whole ritual of like you know, you take the weed, you grind it up, you roll a joint. Like, it's very soothing and relaxing and ritualistic for me, and I just very much enjoy that. Um, I also love just putting on some good music, ripping a joint by yourself or with friends, doing whatever. Um, that whole part of the process is just as relaxing to me as actually being high, if that makes sense. Um, so that's what I really enjoy. Um, like Taylor said, we're, we're indica hybrid people. Um, I will, if you hand me a sativa joint, I'm going to smoke it. Um, but that's really what I, I enjoy. Um, and let's see, I, I, I dabble more in the munchies than Taylor does, but like we kind of said, it's like, I have ice cream or a cookie, but I also have like a protein shake because like, I still try to hit my goals and I think life's all about balance. Like I think mm-hmm. you shouldn't, you can't, you can't have both. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with weed. And like I said, I like doing random little tasks um, with it. Makes it a little more enjoyable. Um, anything else in the gardening arena that we haven't really touched on? I don't think so. We'll, okay. We can go into like, there's a listener question about it. So okay. we can talk about that once we get there. All right. Well, I think the next topic what is talking about running a business together. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so you guys who follow me, I mean, I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you probably follow me on social media. But if you do, you probably know that Zach and I have recently launched a business together. So we're starting a canned adaptogenic mocktail business. Adaptogenic means adaptogenic mushrooms. So it is not psilocybin. It's not going to get you high. It doesn't taste like mushrooms. They are just functional ingredients that can benefit your body in a multitude of ways. So immunity, stress response, 
decrease fatigue, improve, you know, all recovery, all sorts of different things. And a lot of this really came out of the fact of Zach and I's sober curiosity journey and not having access to a mocktail that's exciting and or that tastes good and or one that like benefits our body in any way, shape or form. Kind of our little like mantra with Peche is that most NA beverages are no booze, no buzz and no benefit. Peche is no booze, all buzz and benefit. Mm -hmm. And sorry, did you want to say something? No, I'm just listening. And so, yeah, it's definitely been a journey. I feel like Zach and I, though, communicate let me very ask, well. Let me ask you this. Yes. What's the easiest slash favorite part of running a business together? Easiest slash favorite part. Easiest slash favorite part is that I get to do something I love with my best friend. Yeah, it's like like we are – we are a team for everything in life and like we do everything together and this is just adding one more layer to it. Yeah, and I think it's super fun to have a shared passion with someone, like someone who's equally as excited about a project as you are because I think that's something I struggle with with my business, like with Simply Healthy because I'm solo dolo. Like everything you guys see is me and I work way too fucking much. Like that's something that I'm working on in therapy. That's something I'm working on with myself. I work way too much and – I think what I miss a lot about corporate America is collaboration. And so, like, <laughs> what a buzzword. I know, but it's it's true though. Like, and people who are in corporate well, America are probably fair, like, shut up. <laughs> to be fair, your corporate job, you guys did collaborate. Yes, quite a bit. Yeah, my my old corporate job, we did collaborate a lot. And so, like, running a business by yourself can be very isolating. Yeah, and I think, um, like, just to speak from my perspective too, it's like. Um, like I love my coworkers and like going into work and like talking to them is enjoyable, um, is an enjoyable part of my job. Um, but I work in insurance for those who don't know, you'll never hear someone say, I love insurance. It's really, really fun to run a business with your that partner. That guy in Italy said, I love insurance. <laughs> you remember that? That frat bro that we met when we were driving back. Oh and yeah. And we were like, yeah, yeah, yeah I worked yeah, yeah. He goes, dude, I love insurance. Yeah, and we were I like, was like, no, no you, you don't. don't. <laughs> um, but it's really fun to run a business and be like, yeah, I like doing this. Are there struggles and difficult parts of it? Yes. But like, that's also the fun part of it is pursuing something you actually like. Yeah. I feel like we should have started with this question and ended with this question, but what's the hardest part of running a business together? The hardest part of running a business. I want to hear from your perspective first because I I think I know the answer. I'm sure you do. So obviously, if you have any familiarity with Taylor's TikTok page or podcast, whatever, you know she's like a boss ass bitch. She she is a very very hard worker, but she likes to. The hardest part is she likes to take control of everything. Yeah, she sucks at delegating, Uh and she knows that. Um, that's why I don't have anyone to work for me. That's why I work for myself. Like that's, that's why I haven't hired anyone for simple. She healthy. wants to be, yeah. She wants to be in control of everything. Which, like, you know what? That's who I married. I accept that. But I also like, I'm I check her. That. I check her. Like, I tell her, hey, you need to delegate these things. Like, because she's already overworked the way it is. Like she was saying. So like, she just tries to add more and more to her plate. So I think that's one of the biggest challenges. Is like, as far as that goes, like you just like need to learn to delegate more and like you know that I think it's our opposing personalities like in a sense Zach is very passive and very sure. easygoing yep. so like 
it makes it easy for me to kind of be a boss, quote unquote, because Zach, I don't want to make you sound bad, but like Zach will kind of just do what I say sometimes. So I feel you've gotten a lot better about checking me and being more honest with me in Mm -hmm. those situations. But I think because of our opposing personalities, it does sometimes make it difficult in the sense that I will overwork myself, which is my problem. But then I will sometimes take it out on Zach when I'm frustrated or overwhelmed because I didn't delegate. And I recognize that that's a me problem. But I would say that that's like my biggest challenge is letting go so that I can have that brain space to not get overwhelmed. But I think that it's it's easy for me to take control because you are more passive. So that's where like we're trying to find that balance between the two of us of me being less boss ass bitch and Zach being more boss ass bitch. I would agree. Yeah, I think yeah, I think another thing too that like not that this is hard, but like kind of that I to that dynamic is like we have to recognize we're partners, not like boss and employee kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, I th- honestly that's really been the only like hard part I think we've faced so far with it between our dynamic. ourselves. Yes. Yeah. No, my therapist. I mean, you're gonna get struggles with any business that you start. That's what my therapist asked me last week. She was like, "What are you gonna do when like a conflict arises in your business?" And I was like, "Zach and I just know how to fight well." Like as weird as that sounds, Zach and I don't fight very often. But I and this is a listener question, so we can just kind. Of, do you have anything else you want to talk about, like with the business side of things? No, I think listener questions are 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 kind of ready to be answered. Yeah. So one, and I feel like it goes into one of these listener questions. So we'll just start with that one. But like, how do we deal with conflict in life and in business as a couple? Mm. And I think that we like we don't fight a lot. I would say we bicker sometimes, and specifically when I'm in my luteal phase more so than not because the girlies who know know that like Zach I love you so much but sometimes your breathing pisses me off when I'm in my luteal phase and that's not your fault <laughs> that's my fault <laughs> and <sighs> so oh no it's his chomping gum that's what drives me nuts yeah when I'm in my like, luteal what are you phase talking about? um but like the, all that to say that I we just don't fight very often and I think a lot of that has to do with I'm a very emotional person and Zach is a very, I don't know how to like describe the way that you handle conflict, but I like to hash everything out right in the moment. I'm like very right then forward emotional. Zach is more so I want to take a break. And I I would describe myself as, at least I like to think that I'm objective, level headed uh and patient, I guess. I think the like, We've maybe been in two big fights in our relationship, maybe. I mean, I'm thinking of one that was like literally probably five years ago. I was going to say, I can think of like two. Yeah. There was one in Denver that I can remember. But other than that, I only I remember, remember like one from college. So like both of those times, I think what I've had to learn as a person is that a lot of the times things do go better if we each take a step back. Like if things get heated in take, any way, shape, or form, or either of us are emotional. Right. Because I, I wouldn't say it gets heated. We don't like no, yell at we, each other. No, we don't. But I think one thing that I've tried to like at least um, not educate Taylor on, but just like bring the light is like I think things go a lot better when you can take your emotions out of it. But I think you've done a good job of like 
when we are in an argument because I I'm a person who needs reassurance I ask Zach 10 times a day if he loves me and why he loves me and so I think that and I could hear it maybe once a month and be totally secure I think that which comes from trauma but for me but I think that a big thing that you've done is that yes now we take that step back to like let our emotions settle but like if we are in a fight before we take that step back from each other you will like tell me hey I I love you but I just need to like let my emotions settle before we have this conversation so you give me that reassurance to know that like you're not going to, which I know you're not going to leave me, but like <laughs> I still need the reassurance. And so I think we've done a good job of meeting each other in the middle of recognizing what the other one needs and then allowing that space and time for us to come back to the conversation when emotions are a little bit less. Yeah. And I think that's the best way to handle conflict. My, my, yeah. my In life and business. Yeah. My advice to anyone just in life and business in general, and you can take it for what it's worth, but just like your emotions are gonna ruin the situation 10 times out of 10 like mm -hmm. take a minute take five minutes take 10 minutes take a day or two to take your emotions out of whatever situation you've gotten into or found yourself a part of try to look a bit look at it as objectively as possible and have an adult conversation but i think too from a woman's perspective women are more emotional yeah like, uh, i don't yeah, want to yeah, put yeah. that blanket statement because right, right, right. i'm sure there are women and out there who are what i'm saying is not, it's not easy to do no but that's what i just i just want to make that clarification that like this was something that took years in the making for me yes. to be able yes. to do. Yes. Like I, I did not do well at this. I would say until probably two year, two or three years ago. Yeah. It's, and it takes time. Yeah. Just like anything in life, you got to work on it. So I think that's probably the best way that we like, that's would be mm -hmm. our best. Just open lines of communication. Um, so I'll then, let you answer the question on mocktails. So how do you order mocktails when you're out and what to order? Yeah. So by the way, we're going through all the listener questions right now. So, when we go out, um, this is something that we're trying to actually change with Pache because I think something that frustrates us is when we do go out, there's not a lot to choose from. When it comes to like mocktail options, it kind of depends on where you're at. I feel like if you're on the West Coast, you do have a lot of restaurants who are a little bit more, I don't know if like hip and trendy is the right word, but they have a lot more options to choose from. So what I'll try to do is like, Honestly, I'll ask the bar, like the, my waitress. I'll just be like, hey, do you have any options for mocktails? Can you make any of your cocktails a mocktail option? You're saying if there's no mocktail If there's menu. no mocktail on the menu, yeah. yes. Um, and if they can't, like, fine. That, no worries. And basically what I'll say is like, hey, I want a mocktail that's like citrusy and fruity. Like, can you make me something like that? Like, have kind of a flavor profile in mind. Like, what do you typically like in a cocktail? And then just ask them for that. In or like, not to interject. But no, go ahead. Just... If they have a cocktail menu, you'd be like, hey, can you make this without alcohol? Yeah, exactly. So I think that that's the best way. And our go-to, if they don't have anything that trips our trigger with like a mocktail or an NA menu of any sort, is just sparkling water with lime. It's kind of boring, but they usually bring it to you in a wine glass, which is kind of fun. And it still makes you feel like you're getting a fun drink. But that's kind of one of the goals with Peche too, is to create a more inclusive and fun environment with a drink that still gives you a buzz and a benefit and isn't just like sparkling water or an NA beer or an NA wine. So that's like something that we're kind of trying to do when it comes to our business as well. Absolutely. Now, Taylor, let me ask you another um, viewer question for you. Yeah. Is it possible to be sober if your partner or spouse is not sober? I think so. And why is that? Because I think that's kind of us. 
a little bit. You, you like to drink more than I do. Like if we're looking at it objectively. Yeah, it's still not a lot, but yes. Yeah, still not a lot, but you like to drink more than I do. Um, I will say that this is completely different, but like Zach's diabetes makes me nervous with his drinking. So I feel like that's something that's a little bit more complicated between the two of us. Yeah, we have a different dynamic in that regard. Yeah, but I think for the average individual, it's just about having an open conversation about it. Like if you're someone who doesn't want to drink, but your spouse or partner does, like have that conversation. Just be like, hey, you know, I don't really feel like alcohol is serving a whole big, like a whole lot of purpose in my life anymore. But like you can totally drink and be respectful of that. And if they're, you know, if your spouse or partner is to the point where they're like getting belligerent or hammered every single time you guys go out, then that's also a conversation I would have. Be like, if it bothers you, if it bothers you. Yeah. If you don't care, let them, let them do them. But like, I think it's just a matter of having open communication back and forth about that and like what you feel, because I think that, you know, this is something that I struggle with too, that, um, and Zach will attest to this, like, if Zach's not eating dessert, I can't eat dessert. Or like if Zach's not drinking, like I shouldn't be drinking. Or if like I'm not gardening, I can't garden. Yeah, like I have a really hard time with that. And so I 100% understand like where this person is probably coming from. But I think it's just a matter of recognizing what's most beneficial for you in that moment and then having open communication with your spouse or partner about it. Yeah, and if that's not a possibility for you to be in a relationship with that person and you're wanting to – maybe dabble in sober curiosity or become sober that should tell you all you need to know might be a, not the person for you yep all right um so responses to people who have an opinion about you choosing not to drink how okay. do we answer this um so having an opinion as an i'm assuming a negative opinion probably yes i beer bullying yeah we've both kind of run into this um more so i would say a few years ago so at at a quote-unquote younger age that's what i was about to say um and people don't really understand it because that's all you've known the past four or five years in college um and it's just the norm and and it that's what it is in america it's the norm like that's great quote from bill bill maher on it alcohol is the only drug that if you choose not to do it people assume you have a problem and I think a big thing here too for us is like a lot of our friends now just don't care as we've gotten older. Well, they also realize as they've gotten older, like, yeah, I understand why you don't drink as much because you start to feel it. You start to feel it so much more. The hangovers are so much worse. And I would say that when we were younger, dealing with like the peer pressure and the beer bullying was a lot harder. Like it was definitely something that was took more of a toll it's on tough. us. It's tough. But I think too, one, they're like people are young and like when you're young, you prioritize different things. And then two, I think as well, like it can kind of go back to what we just said about that relationship thing. Like if you have friends who are after you've expressed your feelings or emotions about like why you choose not to drink, like having that open line of communication or why you're choosing to drink less, whatever that looks like for you. And they're still kind of being dicks about it. Then Maybe they're not a great group of friends. Mm-hmm. And like that sucks and that's hard. I'm going to do an episode on this later in the year with one of my best friends, Kate, about like relationships in your 20s when it comes to friendships. But I think like 
finding friends who have and that's not to say you need friends who are sober or sober curious if you're choosing to go that route but friends who support you in that regardless and of what the their very drinking least habits accept are. it accept it yes and don't pressure and bully you and like I said I think that's a lot harder when you're younger but I think as you get older it's starting to like recognize that yeah and I think if they're gonna be kind of judgmental oh you're choosing not to drink you think you're better than us it's like um why are you choosing to put a, just a straight toxin into your body at mass amounts? Yeah, exactly. So it, it just, you can go judgy from both ways. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, it's your life. You only have one life to live. Do what you want to do. Yep. As hard as that is. As, it is I'm not going to like. If you're under 25 and your frontal lobe has not developed, it's going to feel a lot harder too. Yeah. And There's like a I'm shift. not going to say, yeah, I'm not going to say it's easy to do this because it's not. No, it's not. It's hard. Because it's very, it's very taboo for a lot of people. And it's very normalized to drink. Yes. And then the last listener question is how do you start gardening if it feels intimidating? I feel like we've kind of touched on this a little bit. But well, we've given just a brief overview of the different types, but like if you really want to get into it, how do you do that? I would say go low and slow. So like I said, um, for see, I don't it's it's hard because like to me, edible ed, edibles feel like the safest route to start with because you can for this is why I like edibles because I'm a control freak. And with an edible, I know exactly the dosage that I'm getting when I take an edible versus when you're smoking, it's a little bit harder to gauge how much you're actually getting. You have to learn to inhale properly to actually feel high. So I feel like edibles are a really easy place to start. And they're a place that feels like you have a little bit more control over the amount that you're getting. Always start with half an edible. Always start with half an edible. Even five, if you get five milligrams. Always start with half. Always start with half. If you haven't felt anything within, what would you say, two hours probably? Yeah. I mean, even then like. Maybe just wait and try it another night. Yep. That's what I would say. You don't want to overwhelm yourself the first time. No, you don't want to overwhelm yourself the first time. And the second thing that I would do with like starting gardening is do it with someone who has experience doing it. Do that. Make sure you're in the right setting. And make sure you're in the right setting. And by that, I mean a comfortable setting with people you trust and people you're comfortable yeah. with. Don't do, don't like, don't if it's like your first, if it's your first time doing it, don't go to a party and do it. No, do not go to a don't party. Don't go and to do a it. social function and do it. And don't do it with like a bunch of people that you're not comfortable with just because you're feeling pressured to do it. Right. I think that doing like doing it with just Zach for the first couple of times was very helpful for me because like I said there have been a couple of times where it's caused me to have like anxiety attacks mm -hmm. and so like having Zach be able to talk to me as someone that I trust and someone that I love and be like it's okay you're okay it's gonna go away like it's not gonna last forever type of thing is very helpful well I think it's also important that people understand that you would have to consume li literally an enormous un physically unconsumable amount of weed for you to overdose and die yeah like I think that to like I said start low and slow like that's just my best recommendation and I think that edibles are a safe route to start with and once you start to feel comfortable with those you can dabble in smoking if that's something that you're interested in like I said I prefer drinks edibles all of those types of things a lot more um but and I think too if you would rather smoke that's something where you should really do it with yeah, someone who's and experienced I, and i can talk to the smoking part a little bit and just to clarify when i'm talking about overdosing on weed basically physically impossible no one in history has ever died from ODing on weed so it's a very very safe option so 
that's not something you need to worry about either. So yeah. that's very helpful. Um, smoking wise, again, kind of like Taylor was saying with edibles, I would say low and slow. So if someone's passing a, a joint around a, a circle of people you're comfortable with, or if you're going back and forth with your partner or a friend or a couple of friends, whatever it is, yeah, take a take a slow two, three second puff, pass it around. Now, if it's your first time, maybe let that sit, let it marinate a little bit. Maybe skip your turn in the rotation. Maybe go every other to try to get a good feel of where you're at. Um, because smoking is, you have to feel it out. Yeah. You don't really, Which like you said, like you don't have the control of it. I know kind of where, I, where I'm at with it and can yeah. ga- gauge myself with it just because I've done it enough. Um, but same kind of thing. Just low and slow. Don't be taking huge doinker rips. Like that's just going to put you on Mars. Like yeah. don't do that. Um, and just, yeah, just try to enjoy it. Have a good mindset around it. Be relaxed. Find the right setting to do it in. Um, I think those are all important things. And I would say hybrid or indica are probably the two strains that I would start with. Um, I mean, I'm not going to tell someone what to do. I would start with hybrid. I would start with hybrid and then navigate your way into sativa and indica and see which one you enjoy the best. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't try to get too crazy with it right away. Like just... Just hybrids are pretty even, Steven. Yep, yep. You, you'll 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 be able to experiment with it as you go if if you do like it. Yeah. Um, I think that's something important to remember. And then as far as like defining it or going to a dispensary, I know a lot of people get intimidated going to dispensaries because they don't know what they're doing. Most bud tenders are so nice. Yes. So that's something to clarify is like people who work at those dispensaries, nine times out of ten, the experiences that we've had, like they are so helpful. Except for that one in Jefferson Park. Yeah. She hated us. There was one lady, I think me and my buddy were just, she wasn't having our shit, so she just wanted to get this in and out. Um, but everybody who works at those things are so helpful. Like Very they, educated. They're not judgmental. They're very educated. They are more than happy to help you out. Um, but it's, if you don't have access to those kinds of things, um, I would say if you can find trusted reliable delta nine stores online or in your area yeah that's a good place to start as well yeah but yeah for dispensaries like be honest with them like be like this is my first time here i've never smoked before like i don't really know what i'm doing i don't know what to get like can you help me and you can do that at at delta nine at delta nine yeah most of the people we've met at delta nine ones are great too they're very they're all very educated they have to be like it's kind of part of the whole thing so like ask, just ask questions and they're going to be helpful. Yep. Yep. It's there. Those places are not intimidating at all. You no. do need to be 21 though. Yeah. You do have to be 21. All right. Well, that answers all of the listener questions and Zach and I have talked for a really long time. So hopefully all of you listened to the whole thing. I felt like we were pretty entertaining. I enjoyed that. That was fun. I enjoyed that as well. Well, I'll be back on. Oh, thanks. As long as the listeners like Well, I kind of live here, so I can kind of like jump in whenever. This, this is true. I was on a call the other day for a future brand deal, and they go, we were hoping Zach would make a cameo, and I was like, he's at work. So. Yeah, if you guys ever want cameos of me, just let me know, and I'll hop in. Yeah, we've got, we've got some stuff planned with Zach this upcoming year, so we've got stuff going. But thank you all again for listening to the Simply Balanced podcast. I love you all, and I obviously could not do anything that I do without you. So I really appreciate you following along. I appreciate you listening to the podcast. If you feel like this would benefit or help someone that you know, please share, like, review, comment. All of that's going to help the show grow, which is what I ultimately want to do. So thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you and I love you. Yeah. 
please like, share, subscribe to this podcast. Um, if you don't, I will hunt you down and respectfully tell you that you are wrong. He won't do that. Okay, I love you guys. Okay, love you besties. And that brings us to the end of today's episode of Simply Balanced. Thank you so much for tuning in and sharing a part of your day with me. I hope you find inspiration in our discussion and feel more equipped to embrace the balanced girl aesthetic in your daily life. Remember, balance is a journey, not a destination. It's about finding what works for you in your unique way. As we part ways, I encourage you to reflect on one thing you learned today and how you can incorporate that into your life to create more balance. Don't forget to subscribe to Simply Balance so you never miss an episode. If you enjoyed our time together, consider leaving a review or sharing the podcast with a friend. Your support means the world. And until next time, keep striving for balance, nourish your body and mind, and remember to cherish life's simple pleasures. This is Taylor Grasso signing off. Stay balanced and see you next episode.